Good morning, everybody. Say good morning, Pastor Sheriff. Thank you, thank you. All right, um, <clears throat> you see this stuff up here. You got this over here. These things, what are these for? What are these for? Yeah, shoveling snow, shoveling snow, or snow, you know, snow throwing, snow blowing, snow. Public service announcement, where do we not put our hands on this thing? Yeah, in there or in here, we don't put our hands, right? You let mommies and daddies worry about that, so, or grandmas and grandpas. Um, yeah, we shovel snow. Why would we want to? Why would, where, where do we shovel the snow from? Where do we shovel the snow from? Our sidewalks. Yeah, the sidewalks. Why would you want to shovel snow off the sidewalks? Yeah, so you can get places. Yeah, so you can go on the, on the sidewalk, right? And other people can go on the sidewalk, which is what we're talking about today. God has to sometimes use a snowblower or shovels in our lives, in our hearts, to clear the path for him to come to us so that we know his love, his forgiveness. What's some of the stuff he might have to shovel away from our hearts? Sin, yeah. The sin we were born with, the sin that, 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 he, that he shovels away with his, with his word, also with his sacraments like, like baptism and the Lord's Supper. You know, do you see Emery right there? Do you see Emery? Can you guys look at Emery? So Mitch is holding Emery. So God shoveled sin away from Emery this morning at her baptism, which was pretty cool. And he does that for all of us, and he continues to do that through his word. So today, let's thank God for shoveling, not just shoveling snow, but shoveling the sin and the things that get in the way from our hearts so that we always know his love and forgiveness. So we'll pray. Dear Jesus, uh, thank you for clearing the path for yourself to, to come to our hearts and also clearing the path to heaven so we know we have a home in heaven because of your love, your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. I remember the day, I think it was this summer, when they, I was out on Highway 37, you know, that little jaunt that gets you to Highway 14, um, and they were moving the Wilkeman sign, like Wilkeman to New Ulm, and they were moving it. They had the, the construction crew out there, there's a big mess, they were lifting it out of the ground, I thought, what in all the world are they doing? We just put that in there, why are they moving the, the Wilkeman sign? And then my mind raced, are we no longer being Wilkeman to people? Are we no longer, you know, um, you know, are we, are we distancing ourselves from German heritage? You know, what's going on here? And then I saw that they were just moving it down the road, and I thought, you know, who, who is, why is this happening? And so I was just confused until finally someone told me, well, they're getting ready, the, the Highway 14 project was approved, and they're getting ready to, to expand Highway 14, you know, and, and make it safer. You know, it's been a very dangerous road um, as of late, and so they finally got it approved, and they're moving it in preparation for that, and so I said, about time they move that sign. You know, here we go, let's go. Um, so the full range of emotions, you know, because at first I didn't know what was going on, and then secondly, when I did know what was going on, I was thankful for it. In, in the Midwest, in Minnesota, I've heard we have two seasons, you know, winter and road construction. And as we enter the season of Advent, we see that we are in the season of spiritual road construction, that God fixes our hearts, uh, a path for himself. Hear now the words of Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. 
In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Anna and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. This is God's word. When Luke started writing this gospel, right away he says he wants to, he set out to, to write an orderly account, and you see that. You know, he's, he's lining up everything. So for a very good purpose for his dear friend Theophilus and for you and I centuries later, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. He gives us the historical setting, the setting into which God sent his forerunner of the Christ, the, the, the spiritual construction worker named John. We know him as John the Baptist. He starts out with the, the, the kind of the overarching you know, rule in, in the known world, and then the local rulers, and then even the religious leaders who are going to come into play. So that Theophilus was going to understand um, that all of this, all of this, God would use all of this God knew about and God was fulfilling his promise to his people and also a promise to a priest named Zechariah. We hear in the first part, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Even before John was born, his father, even before they were pregnant, the father found out by an angel that, that they were going to have a son even in their own a, old age and he would be a very special son because he was going to be the forerunner of the Christ, the, the Elijah of old that Pastor Smith talked about from Malachi chapter 3 who was going to come and, and prepare the way for the Christ. And he fulfilled this, the promise he made to Zechariah. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I think they have to, I think construction crews have to put up the fences, right? And, and then you see the fences go up. You see the ground cleared. You see the, the, big, uh, the big trailers with the big heavy construction equipment, and they, they unload them, and they've got them sitting there, and then they've got all the tools laid out in the fence, and, and they're making preparations. And so also, God was making preparations. The blueprint was put out on the drafting table, the final, the final blueprint, and this was the plan. And then like a, the, a, the starting gun on the sprint to salvation, he puts the hard hat on John and sends him out to go. Here we go. Salvation is coming. He went out into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. A baptism. Well, he preached, and he preached also a baptism. We just saw a baptism. This baptism, baptism is simply an application of water. The, the base 
basic meaning of baptism, the application of water. Uh, that can be, you know, sprinkling, that could be pouring, that could be dipping, that could be dunking, any application of water. But when you combine that with God's word, God's promise, and God's command to do this, now you've got spiritual construction going on. As God, you know, uses the, his backhoe to, 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 to dig out the, 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 the soil of sin and all the different things that are going on, and, and to lay down the gravel of grace, to, to put down the, the form of his word, and then, and then fill it with his forgiveness and let it cure. He's doing all these things. All this is going on in this baptism of repentance. Repentance is where you're going one way. It's actually a changing of the mind, but a complete change. Like you're walking one way, and then all of a sudden God turns you around, and you're going the other way. So you were going the wrong way down the path of sin, away from the Lord, by your sinful nature, by the sins, you, and God turns you around and has you going the right way. That's repentance. And what's it for? It's for the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness is that sending away casting off you know the guilt and shame that you have it's being sent away in baptism we think of it being washed away um and god does this this is that spiritual spiritual construction john's baptism gave the forgiveness of sins the baptism we just saw for emory gave the forgiveness of sins to emory this is what God promises. This is what God fulfills. The difference would be John's was looking ahead to the work Jesus was going to do, and our, the baptism that Jesus has given us, we look back on the, the work he has done, and it connects us to everything he has done, as though, as though we, had, we had lived a perfect life because we're clothed with Christ's righteousness, as though uh, that, that our, our sins have been taken away and that we have died and that we are now rise to live a new life and we will live eternally. These are the gifts God gives wonderful, amazing gifts, and John the Baptist goes to declare it. Um, sometimes we have that initial impression, you know, what are they doing that for? Like I did, as I was seeing the sign being moved. And the confusion, when all of a sudden, you may be experiencing this in, in the streets of New Ulm, when the, the, the trailer shows up and they unload some heavy equipment and then they leave and it just sits there for a couple days right in front of your house and you start to get worried. You're online looking at the city council minutes and seeing, you know, were they going to do construction on my, my, my you know, and, and you're not quite sure what's going on. They give a little fear, you know, but also um, when it's spiritual construction, sometimes that gives us that, that you know, what is, what's going on here? Why are these things being moved? Or what's this heavy equipment showing up? And, um, but this is according to God's plan. This is according to God's blueprint, and it's needed. Isaiah foretold it for John the Baptist. As is written in the words of the prophet, uh, the book of the words of the prophet, Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight. The rough ways smooth. Construction sites can be messy. Right? At first, it, it just, it's all there. But then all of a sudden, you know, there's a hole. There's big mounds of stuff. And stuff is being unearthed. And, and everything's being moved around. Sometimes you can't even see what's going on, depending on the fences set up and how big the piles are. You kind of see the top of the, top of the backhoe or whatever's going on. And sometimes you see workers. Sometimes you don't. And sometimes it seems like nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden, in one fell swoop, everything's going on. And so, um, same is true for spiritual construction. 
Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes there's a lot of stuff that needs to be moved. You know, God, God gets out his law. God gets out his word. God gets out his gospel. And he, he starts to work on human hearts, your hearts and mine. Sometimes there's some stuff that needs to be moved. Sin. You know, he's got to dig down deep, like the roots have gone down further and further, and he's got the power washer out, he's got, he's got the backhoe going, ripping things out, and it, it's not always super comfortable when, when that's a sin that's maybe been in our life, whether it's a, a deep-seated greed or, or, or lust or, or whatever it might be that's in our lives. He's, he's going at it, and he's ripping it out. And sometimes we like to think that, you know, why do you have to do all that? Just leave it alone. Everything's fine. You ever had that feeling? You, you know, even, you know, I can live with this. Or at least we think that in our minds. You drive on Broadway, South Broadway, this week. I was driving across. You know, nothing, nothing amiss. And all of a sudden, there's a big crack across the road. And there's water bubbling up. And we're just driving along. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm sure somebody knows about it. It's fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, later that day, all the construction cones are out. We're down to one road. Stuff's being ripped up. Because it needed to be ripped up. I mean, I was driving over it. We were driving over it. It was fine, right? But no, it wasn't fine. And more damage is being done or a sinkhole is being created underneath. But finally, construction needs to be done. And so also in our lives, piles need to be moved. Things need to be ripped up. You know, what, is, what does John say? You know, preparing the way for the Lord. Um, that that, that those, those valleys, those depressions need to be filled in. You know, what have we been doing that's created this, this valley in, in our hearts? That, 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 that this, this kind of sinkhole. You know, have we, been, have we been distancing ourselves from God's word? Have we, have we been neglecting the means of grace? Have we been thinking, you know, oh, I know all that already, and all of a sudden this stuff's being eroded underneath the surface that God's got to fill in with his word, with his forgiveness. Or maybe it's, maybe it's um, that, that, that mountain or hill of pride and arrogance, you know, where everything's about me all the time, and, and I've got to be in control all the time. And, and, and it's got to be my way, and life be easier for everybody if it just goes my way. And, and we get this, this, just this arrogant streak where we're not even listening to others, and especially we're not listening to the Lord. And that needs to be toppled and chipped away bit by bit, and that's a painful process. Or because of our, our carelessness with God's word or his commands and, and, and we, we fall into sin or we grab what's not ours or we take it in the order that God has not intended it for in our lives and, and this, this big crookedness to the road and God's got to bend it back and that hurts and we don't like it. We've got to deal with things. God makes us deal with things. And finally, you know, we've look in our past and we look behind us on the road of our hearts and and we've made some big ruts of sin, you know, where it's like, how do we even get back? But yet, God has to take the greater sometimes and, and go across our hearts. Why does he do all that? Well, it needs to be done. Why does he feel it needs to be done? It's because he loves you. It's because he cares about you. It's because he wants that road to always be open for him to your heart. And because he wants you to be on that road always to your eternal home in heaven. God planned it all out. It was all according to the blueprint. And you may get confused, you may be mad at times, but this is all according to God's plan. I mean, just look at how Luke said it. All these people were in these positions of power. The Roman government was ruling over 
Israel. You know, Pontius Pilate was there. And then you had Annas and Caiaphas. And, and even though they intended evil to happen, to have their way, God bended it for the good of mankind for you and me. That Annas and Caiaphas would, would line, up, line up false witnesses, and yet they couldn't get their stories straight. And then finally they just, well, you're guilty of blasphemy and you deserve to die, even though he actually is truly God. And then he's hauled before Pilate, and Pilate knew he was innocent, said he was innocent, but yet because he wanted to keep some order or get the, the heat off of him, he, he makes a show of washing his hands and condemns him to die on a cross. And Jesus goes to the cross, submits to it. Didn't, I mean, he could have called his angels down to, to, to stop everything, but no, he goes to the cross. And he allows himself to be crucified. And not only that, but remember the, the sin that was washed away from Emory, the sin that was washed away from you and me, the sin that was sent away, you know, in repentance for the forgiveness of sins? All that sin Jesus took, and he took upon himself, and he suffered on the cross, the judgment of God, the wrath of hell for you and me, so that you and I are spared, so that we will never suffer that, we will never taste of that. In fact, in its place, God gives us heaven. God makes us members of his family. He loves us. He's forgiven us. And he frees us from our sin, from our guilt, from our shame. And he sets us free to walk the path. And, and it's clear. He's graded it. He's smoothed it all for you. So that you are always walking with him. And that he always has your heart. It's the season of spiritual road construction. Advent. Trust what the Lord is doing. And be thankful, because it's about time we need it to be done, right? Because God loves us, he's forgiven us, and he's made us members of his family. And he's cleared the path to our heart, and he's cleared the path to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. For our stewardship thought this morning, we think of all the ways that God blesses us and how we want to be good managers, stewards of this, and, and to honor and praise and thank him with our lives. We think of... Just the busyness of this season and the, the stresses that come up and also the commercialism that swirls all around us. But he encourages us to keep our eyes focused on him, to trust in him, and not to be led into worry, but to realize he's taking care of us. We go to the words of Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 to 33. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is God's word. Let us pray. Father, you sent your Son to redeem us from sin. Let this good news be our joy and strength. Use it to cheer the lonely, encourage the fearful, and give hope to the despairing. Keep us from the stress of deadlines and the frenzy of commercialism, and fix our eyes on our Savior Jesus, the reason for this season. Amen.